I don't think that learning our patterns and observing them and moving through them means that we're never going to have to be with them again. Like we're not immune to that, but I do think that it gives us the tools to go from, I'm upset, this is my pattern coming up to getting through it in a healthy way. Hi friends, and welcome back to the Naked Soul Podcast. My name is Caleb and I'm your host. If you're new to this podcast, I just wanna take a moment to sincerely thank you for taking the time to listen. My heart with the Naked Soul Podcast is to simply have conversations with guests around topics that empower us to find the courage to continue to lean in and do the inner work of stripping away all the layers of the false self that we have so carefully and strategically constructed so that we can step into a place of vulnerability and begin the process of inner healing so that we can then discover the answers to two of the most important but yet seemingly most elusive questions. Who am I and why am I here? The Naked Soul is all about getting aligned, spirit, soul, and body, so that we can begin to live from a place of truth and authenticity. And honestly, when it comes to living from a place of truth and authenticity, I couldn't think of a better guest than my guest for this episode, Amanda Bucci. There are so many different things that I love and admire about Amanda, but what struck me the most about our time together was that Amanda, she's not afraid of taking risks with her life. For someone who went from leaving her career plans back in Rhode Island and decided to move to LA with only a few hundred dollars in her bank account to now building a powerful online brand in a thriving business that has reached millions of people and helping them take a hold of their bodies, lives, and businesses in a way that inspires and empowers and to live the life that they feel that they should be living, Amanda's life is a prophetic image of what can happen when you trust that something or someone far greater than you is holding your life together. But as you might know, taking risks with your life, it's not easy. Sure, it opens you up to experience life in new and sometimes unimaginable ways, but it also makes you incredibly susceptible to immense pain, heartbreak, failure, and loss. And Amanda, as you'll hear in this episode, is not exempt from that pain. But regardless of the obstacles that she has faced throughout her journey, she has had an uncanny ability to keep her heart positioned in a place of humility where she's always willing to learn from the criticisms or failures and do the inner work that's necessary to grow and evolve. And in this episode, we break down and talk about her problems with people pleasing and how she worked through it. She even goes on to open up and talk about the perfect story. She even goes on to open up and talk about the perfect storm that the universe orchestrated to get her to slow down and begin to pay attention with what's most important, her heart. We touched on overcoming imposter syndrome, creating a life that you're proud of, and what it looks like to choose yourself over and over again, especially when the world around you is not choosing you. As always, I hope that this message blesses you as much as it blessed me. I heard something once that like if Oprah, Oprah said if she knew what it would take to build her own network because she has like the Oprah network, she wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes it's good to be naive and like just figure it out as you go along because it's I just... think that's part of the process too. Because <laughs> yeah. you never feel so inferior <laughs> when you don't know what you're doing. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. And I think part of the process is like diving in when you don't know what you're doing and watch what comes bubbling up in your heart. Yeah. And you're like, wow, then... I really think I'm stupid. <laughs> and then like how you react to it. <laughs> totally. It's debilitating sometimes, though. 
but it's like cool to be the student all over again because it yeah. really humbles you when you're like something I don't know okay yeah I have to sit with this <laughs> I think it's just staying in that place too you know yeah as a student totally. which sucks it does from time to time the suck, I remember suck mode <laughs> I remember I was going through like uh, when I left the NFL I didn't have a damn clue what, what I wanted to do with my life mm-hmm. and I also didn't know how to make money yeah because I've always like just I would go play play or and then it came in I would do what I'm told and then I yeah. would just get a paycheck yeah and so I didn't know how to actually create money yeah and I was so frustrated but then I realized that money I remember, let me say it like this. I remember speaking at an event. I spoke at a church in Texas. Uh-huh. Didn't think anything of it. It was probably like 45 people there. Cool. And so I was just like a small little church in Texas, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, not thinking I'm going to make any money. And I don't normally speak in churches to make money or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that sounds horrible. But um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got done speaking and this little old lady came up to me and she said, like, you blessed me so much. And I was like, oh, oh thank you. And she handed me a check for $10,000. Who knew? I did not know this. <laughs> no, I've never even shared this story, I don't think. What? But she handed me a check for $10,000. And I remember, like, when I should have been so excited, I panicked. Wow. Because I didn't know what to do with that money. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment that money always made me feel inferior. More specifically, money made me feel stupid. Huh, interesting. And so it was funny because I was thinking, like, I'm, here I am trying to attract more money into my life to create more mm. opportunities to make money. But the issue is, is that I don't actually bring it in because it makes me feel stupid. Yeah, so it's like a contradictory Totally. Tension. It was just yeah. that, that self-limiting belief where, yeah. oh, my God, I don't care how hard I work or how many times I, like, put myself out there to create opportunities until I yeah. get to the root of this issue. Yeah, totally. Right? Until I actually deal with that uh, self-limiting belief, only then will I bring in money. That's so crazy. Isn't it? So interesting. Speaking of that, I know that you didn't get where you are today without doing that shadow work, without really addressing self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. What would you say is probably arguably the biggest one that you've had to tackle to get where you are today? Yeah, totally. I think that's such a good question. And I feel like with the biggest ones that we all have, I feel as though there's a theme for all of our lives where the biggest one will probably come up for us forever yeah and it's like our soul's work and and I feel like I'm kind of constantly doing it and even if and I'll share what it is in just a second Mm -hmm. even if I feel like I've moved through it like the way that I view life and the work and like all of the pillars of life let's just say for example if I feel like I've moved through my people pleasing which has been my theme and I'll share a little bit more about it if I feel like I've moved through it in business and business relationships and speaking my desires and setting boundaries in like one sector of my life it it has now shown up in a different sector of my life so in like friendships or in a relationship and I have to kind of like retackle it again and I feel like we can't ever fully achieve perfection Mm. but through the experiences of understanding it recognizing it observing it constantly looking at it as you're in the moment of the experience slowly you build up resilience and something that affected you once is going to affect you less over time and I think that's the magic of it so for it's like really incredible to kind of see the whole landscape of like the work that you're doing in your whole entire life you're like oh I got a lot to do all the time I'm always a student yes which is cool so my people pleasing tendencies um have definitely been a theme of my life I feel as though before I even knew what they were 
things that I would kind of constantly do would just essentially self-sacrifice in certain ways. May, may it be bigger ways or small ways. The big ways are what made me realize that I had this and I had to work on it. But small ways would be just like going somewhere that I didn't want to go just because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings or staying in friendships longer than I wanted to just because I didn't want to like upset someone. And the fear, the underlying fear was lack of connection or disconnection or feeling as though I hurt that person and like created more hurt for them. You feel like a prisoner in your own life, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. And I was just like, I, I can't be the, per- the reason that this person is feeling this way. So I'll do anything to avoid that essentially. And the experience that I actually had last year, just about a year ago now, it was in April of May of 2018 was really where I woke up to what this even was. And it was such an alarming experience in my life where I was getting like panic attacks and like things in my business were going downhill and like things in my relationship were just the relationships that I was in. Um, It was just the universe was really bringing it to my attention. And he was like, if you, he, she, God, (laughs) it, they, whatever pronoun you want to use was essentially alarming me to say, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to go to your next level. You need to do this work. Can you actually describe what was happening in your yeah. life? Because yeah. I think, um, I know like yeah, when I'll I was getting story. ready to move to LA, um, I got so busy with the most busy I've ever been in my life. I got so busy and I realized it was just like looking back, I was just trying to distract myself. And it wasn't until I got T-boned in a car wreck. Wow. I got T-boned at an intersection. Luckily I was okay. I hit the back of my car um, and flung me around into a telephone pole. But in that moment I was like, shit, I got to slow down. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like God, the universe, whatever created this, but it was definitely, it made me stop yeah. and start doing some work. Yeah. So I'm always curious on what was like the universe saying to you and how was the universe yeah. speaking it to you? Yeah. I think that's such an interesting point. I feel like so many of us can relate to an experience yeah. like that where we're just like, oh shit, this thing was made for me to slow down. Um, and I haven't told this story much yet because it's taken me a while to get enough distance from it that I feel like as though I can share it because I've processed it enough. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) I feel like irresponsible processing is like sharing before you're really ready. Totally. And you're like dumping on people. It's the dangers of social media. It's the dangers of what the danger of what's happening right now. Yeah, like definitely. I mean, it's it's a tricky line Mm -hmm. when you want to process something, but using social media to process it is not always the best idea. (laughs) So find other areas to process your emotions because then you're just not, you don't get the lesson yet. Like get some distance from the lesson, I think. Um, So April of 2018, I was in a relationship with somebody um, for a year and a half, no problems pretty much, like no contrast essentially. Like Mm -hmm. we were really similar as people, no really issues there. I also had a business relationship where I had an online business manager. She was super great, super helpful, learned a lot from her, lots of growth. She um, was just really like helpful to me. I didn't know a lot of the logistics of the back end of business, so she helped me a lot. So those two things were happening. All of a sudden, I felt as though like for no reason whatsoever that this person that I was dating wasn't the right person. I had no... You just woke up one day. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I think there's more. And I don't, there was, there was a lot of things, but I'll leave it at that. That was essentially (laughs) what it was. And I didn't have the tools, communication tools to really move through it um, and understand how to like share and express what was going on. Um, Alongside of that, the business manager that I had was noticing how much she was helping me. She was also asking for quite a lot of money 
for a salary. And I was like, my business is making money. Sure. Like, I don't want to make you upset. I want you to have what you want. I want you to whatever. And we were not financially at a place where like I could have given that to her. But to me, it was so much easier to avoid the conflict and just give Mm -hmm. it to her. And, and she was also like, we were working on our vision for our company, right? So I was like, where do I want to go? What does my company look like? But she had been helping me for about a year at that point. So her vision was like for her life was really clear. And mine wasn't super clear at that point. I didn't see my future super clearly because I was testing and trying things. I was like, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. This was just last year? Yeah. Okay. And I I had some idea, but not as clear as hers. So to me... And my people-pleasing kind of pattern, I guess, she had this clear idea. She wanted this. She wanted this. And and I couldn't even hear myself. Mm. I was like, whatever you want. This sounds good to me. And I, I, I was, like, completely blinded. And all my mentors were like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you create yours? Like, she seems like she's taking over. And I was like, she's just so helpful, blah, blah, blah. And then with the relationship, we eventually had to slowly break things off. Um, similarly... I had a couple of clients all on the same day, the same day that I shared my, with my then boyfriend that I wanted to have a conversation about how I was feeling. The same exact day I had a bunch of clients in my program ask for a refund. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? This whole thing. And then the, the whole thing with the refund was essentially that the way that we were structuring our group program, we didn't set clear expectations. So things were a little off for people. And then we didn't have clear communication. So that was that. But what I did then was like over deliver. I was like, I'm going to do five extra coaching calls this week. I'm going to talk to everybody one-on-one. I'm going to clear this shit up. And I was <clears throat> eventually got like a fever, 104 fever wow. for like five days. And that was like all within the breakup thing. And then we eventually broke up. Things got cleared with the business, with the business manager. She was eventually wanting to partner with me. And I was like, this feels right. But then all of a sudden it felt wrong again. So it was just like this whole thing coming up. And the universe was essentially just giving me all of these signs in my body where it was like either the fever or anxiety or stress. And like I didn't have the words because I had such a fear of saying something that would make the situation for the other person bad. Mm-hmm. It was like very hard for me to share. Yeah. And I didn't even know what it was. Like it was just, I was so clouded. It, like I had blinders on. Yeah. And once I got, I, I had some mentors, I had help, I had a therapist. Um, and once I, once I got the languaging, I was like, oh, I don't have, I feel as though everybody else's desires and what they want is more important than what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm sacrificing myself, even though I'm not really seeing it. Now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh, I'm sacrificing myself to make everybody else happy. And I am not willing to have these conversations or I had not been willing up until that point to adjust things. And it was just like a crazy experience that I had. It, it kind of continued with like one other person that I dated thereafter. And there was finally one point where the person I was dating, it was his birthday, 80 people at his house didn't feel like he was the right person for me. I needed to leave. And I was like having a panic attack in his room, 80 people at his house on his birthday. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to break up with you. Um, <laughs> it was, it was like the people please worst possible. It was like the ultimate, like yeah. worst possible experience for someone who identified as a people pleaser. And what he did and what he said, he was, um, someone who was a mentor of mine, really spiritual, had a really solid understanding of all of his own shadow work. And he said, it's going to be okay. You can be and speak and live in your truth and I'm going to be okay. Mm. 
And that like healed mm. so much of that. Knowing for me. that you'd have to carry the weight of that responsibility. Yeah. And the other relationships I did have to carry it because yeah. they were upset, sad, mm. freaking out. I was like going back and forth a little bit in the toxicity of yeah. that patterning that their wound and my wound. And eventually that last point on that guy's birthday, he was like, it's going to be okay. You can, you can have your truth and I, and I can be okay. And I was like, <sighs> what a valuable lesson. Yeah. How much beautiful. has your business grown since you've understand, understood that? Yeah. Um, quite a bit. Has so it? at that point we had spent as much as we made mm -hmm. because of the whole people pleasing thing. And I was like, Oh, I want to do this because this person's excited about it and I'll spend on this and I'll give this person extra money. And now we have really clear financial systems set up. We have budgets. People in my company actually all asked for a raise in January. A lot of my team were like, oh, we all want raises. And I didn't <laughs> immediately just give them to them because it was easier. We spent three months figuring out what everybody wants, what they're, what's going to be in their best interest, what's in the company's best interest, so on and so forth. So I, what like the real gift has been, it has essentially been boundaries. Yeah. Um, and learning how to set boundaries and how to have compassion with boundaries. And I think there's like a superpower in the in the pattern and then a medicine to even out the superpower. So the superpower for me has been like compassion, empathy, understanding, connection. And when that's too far in one direction, it can be overgiving. It can be um, people pleasing again, all of that stuff where it's like too much of that and not enough of the boundary. And then when you put boundaries in place and have and like the, the medicine is boundaries and self serving and making self-honoring choices mm. and when you put the medicine with the superpower you now have someone who's completely empathetic and compassionate who's making self-honoring choices and that's a beautiful blend mm -hmm. and that's actually what you need to have a really solid relationship container with wh whether it's someone in a real relationship romantic friendship a business or what have you so I think that part of your patterning whatever yeah. it is for you is actually serving you in some way absolutely and then when you put the the medicine or like the the healing with it, it actually makes for such a better combination. Are you still tackling people pleasing? Um, not so much anymore. Like I said earlier that I notice it come up in different areas now and I'm really great at setting boundaries now. Good for you. I'm really great at, um, like listening to what the person's needs are accessing what my needs are. I don't shy away from sharing what my needs and desires are when it comes to what I want to do, what I don't want to do. But I'm also like, it's a conversation with the other person. Mm. It's not a immediate swing in the other direction. So I think what can happen sometimes is that we're so far in one direction and we're really out of balance on the, mm. the right side, let's just say. And I always think of it as a pendulum. Yeah. So when you're so out of balance on one side, it swings the other way. Hard. And hard, yeah. Hard. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, if think of it in relationships. Like, have you ever been in a relationship with someone and you were like, I need none of this anymore. I'm missing this. Like all of these pieces of this relationship I was missing. And then immediately the next person you date is either the same or the complete opposite. Because totally. <laughs> you're just swinging in the other direction. And eventually when you have both of those experiences and you can see there's contrast. We learn through contrast. Like we don't know what happiness feels like without sadness. We don't know cold without warm. Yeah. So once you see both sides, you're like, oh, I know where to meet myself in the middle. So yeah. I'm noticing now, and it's essentially not that, um, I don't think we can ever not 
um, have those experiences. I don't think that learning our patterns and observing them and moving through them means that we're never going to have to be with them again. Like we're not immune to that, but I do think that it gives us the tools to go from, I'm upset. This is my pattern coming up to getting through it in a healthy way. Yeah. And that's what I think is, is happening now. So like, even if I do see something come up now, the length of time from which I see it and it's happening to me moving through it and getting through it in a healthy way yeah. is so sure. short. It's like that really, it's the, the very popular quote by Viktor Frankl, like between stimulus and reaction yeah. is choice or stimulus and response is choice. Mm. And all healing is, is learning how to make a conscious choice whenever you are triggered. Yeah. Right? And when you are once triggered, like you said earlier, you're once triggered and then I would ha- fall off the deep end and it would take me two weeks to come back to myself. Yeah. And now what you're saying, I'm, what I'm hearing is now you're triggered, the people pleasing thing comes up, but I'm aware of that pattern now and now I can respond and not yeah. react out of fear, not react out of a place of wounding or pain, right. but I can respond from my truth. Yeah. It's like you can so much more quickly come back to your center. And I think the goal is less so reacting but more Mm. just like how much how often can you stay in your center and that's like real authentic power and not false power like false power is feeling like you're safe somewhere and like either living in safety or feeling like you're controlling the situation like there's all these ways that we can kind of fake the power but authentic power is being able to use the emotional tools to kind of stay in your center as much as possible and not swing on one side of the pendulum it's a completely different way of experiencing life. Yeah. <laughs> you and I were talking life. before we pressed record that it's also like fucking exhausting. It is. <laughs> like I'm definitely in that season just, where I like, I'm checking out, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just want to be a human and like have a cocktail yeah. and like do nothing. But sometimes it's just when you realize it. Yeah. And I think it's a phase too. Like I think when you're in it, yeah. it's, um, I think it will eventually kind of slow down and you'll mm-hmm. land. But when you're in it, like you're constantly looking at yourself how you're reacting to things. Like I have my dog Cooper who's over there and we're recording this podcast <laughs> and I typically don't get too angry, but with him and when he's bothering me, I like freak out and I yell and I cry. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. why? Like um, sometimes and then you're working through judging yourself or Absolutely. even having a thing. So you're like, I should be more conscious. I should be no. better at this by now. And that's also just not it either, no. you know? No. And I think it's just the understanding, right? That this is, a constant evolving journey. Mm-hmm. We're never going to come to the end of it. No. And I think a lot of times we, I I've seen in my own life that I would always embrace healing for a season. Like I need a heal. I need a heal. I need a heal because I thought my healing is what qualified me to go live a life that I yeah. wanted to live. Yeah. And I see that with a lot of people. And part of healing is learning, no, right now, even in my brokenness, yeah. even in my despair, even in the self-hatred that I deal with some time to time, even with all the bullshit mm-hmm. and the, the patterns that are so destructive in my life, I'm qualified right now yeah. to live the life that I was created to live. Yeah, I really love that. And I think that so many people, and I've had that misidentification um, as well, we're thinking about ourselves as having to get to a certain place before we can do something. And there's like in my head, I'm like, Oh, I have to be fully healed before I can meet the one. Yeah. And I'm with my partner now. And like, we're going to get married. Like it feels super awesome. And like, we're both fucking broken, man. But like (laughs) the way that we can be with each other in that is that we can see it. We can not judge it. We can accept it and we can love each other through it. And it's not that we have to be perfect, but it's just that we have to be, accepting of each other's 
imperfections at the end of the day Absolutely. and like find a way to move through it together but being able to see it is actually healthy it's like such a different way to look at things that most people are just like i'm going to avoid feeling anything number one is like i'm just going to avoid dating anyone that brings anything up mm. in me because that means they're wrong and like they're not my right person and that's oh, also not true no, not you're true like cringing <laughs> so many you're like no <laughs> i get it Cringe. i totally get it i started to read or like kind of um shift my paradigm around triggers or patterns that are self-destructive like because yeah. it's so easy to be like why the fuck am i doing this it's so easy to be like God damn it, Caleb, like get your shit together. Like this is bullshit, which is partially true. But then now I started like looking at these, like whenever I get triggered, I have to get so mad at myself for getting triggered or whatever. And be, I should be more conscious. I should be, I thought it was more healed than this. Yeah. And then I started seeing this as like, oh my God, no, like I welcome this into my life. It's like, it become a game to me. Healing has <laughs> become a game. Like, oh my God, I just got triggered. That means uh-huh. I get to see something. <laughs> no, it means I get to see yeah. something that I once wasn't able to see. Yeah. You totally. know what I'm saying? And when yeah. I started to approach it from this perspective, instead of hating myself, I was like, mm. oh my God, I'm being triggered right now. This yeah. is a chance for me to heal. This is a chance for me to evolve. This is a chance for me to expand and grow. Yeah. And totally. so now it's like, instead of practicing, you know, self-hatred for all the times that I'm triggered or I do stupid shit, which is every day. Um, yeah, literally. Now it's, it's not like, really, I get yeah. to learn self-compassion in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I feel <laughs> I've experienced the same thing for sure, where I've like things come up in my team, things come up with my clients, things come up in my relationships with my dog, whatever. And I'm like, wow, there it is. Yeah. And like, for example, something, I think examples are super helpful. Please. Um, something the other day, my team and I all did, we were like, all right, let's have a meeting about all of the unresolved issues in the business. And that can be a hard experience because everyone feels as though they're working as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. And the perception is that this person might mm-hmm. be not working as hard or this isn't getting done or like, why the fuck is blah, blah, blah. And it's so easy to go there. But when we can kind of look at everything neutrally, and give and receive feedback neutrally and see like, okay, what's going on here? For example, what was going on? Um, we weren't using our project management tool and I was one of the ones that wasn't using it and fully avoiding project it. management tools. <laughs> well, like I was like, I, I haven't liked it for like a year. I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to use it. And my assistant was like, well, if we don't use it, then we're going to be unorganized all the time. And I was like, okay, why do I not want to use it? So I was just like looking into myself and I was like, I I think that what's happening is that I feel like everything's on me and my perception is that if we're using it, I have to create all the tasks and I have to organize all the projects and I feel like I'm avoiding it because I don't want to do that and I have pressure. So like what's going on with the way that you're relating to the thing? And I'm constantly, again, it's exhausting, but like the way that you relate to the issue is the issue. So if I'm relating to it as this equals pressure and I'm the bottleneck and it's all on me and like that's been my story and my business for a while and my pattern or whatever, um, then it's not going to get done. And then we could all have a conversation about it like, oh, this is the reason that I'm not doing this or like this is the way that I'm relating to this project or this experience in the business and we can be like, okay, what's true? Yeah, that's so powerful. The problem yeah. is not the problem. The problem is a story that we tell ourselves about the problem. Yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. That's so true, though. The yeah. problem isn't the problem. It's how we see the problem. Yeah. But I also think that, like, um, there's so much of the human experience that we have to be cool with, too. 
So like the spiritual experience is seeing all of your stuff, being able to neutrally observe it, being able to look at the aspects inside mm -hmm. of yourself and why am I getting triggered? Let me have self-compassion for even having this trigger. Let me work through it and go back to the root source of it. And like all of the work, which I'm sure you talk about on your podcast so much, but the human experience is like, but I actually feel this mm -hmm. and it's not wrong. And mm -hmm. like, I need to have my feelings validated in some way or another, or I need to at least validate that it's okay to feel this way. And sometimes I just need to cry or scream or whatever. And the human part of it also has to be like not pushed over. Totally. I completely agree. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's good. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Talking about people pleasing still. As you've worked through that, because I know a lot of people can identify with people pleasing. Yeah. You know, I, I've definitely compromised my truth in life time after time because I was afraid to hurt somebody else, yeah. uh, which is people pleasing, I would say, in a way. Were you able to go back? Because obviously inner child work is all the way right now for good reason. It yeah. is so freaking powerful. Yeah. And that's, that was the transformation for me, right? Mm -hmm is all the inner child healing that I did. Were you able to go back to a moment when you learned that people pleasing was a way to receive love or for whatever reason you started people pleasing to begin with? Yeah, such a good question. So I feel like my response to this might be something a lot of people could relate to. Right. Um, I'm in spiritual psychology school right now. I was telling you before we press record that it's essentially 10 months for the rest of the year and it's a weekend long, so it's essentially like a weekend long therapy session um, where you're both working through your stuff, but you're also facilitating all of the skills. So whether it's like inner child work, whether it's um, different approaches to therapeutic things, whether it's giving and receiving feedback, you can be the client and the facilitator. And we had a meditation that our facilitators did with us, and it was healing of past memories. And the idea was to feel the feeling of mm. something that's charged for you right now emotionally and like be in the feeling, love and accept yourself. And then like trace the thread all the way back to the first memory. And both times that we've did it twice so far, can't find it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that where sometimes we actually, it's like takes either a long time, either it's maybe a suppressed memory mm. or maybe we'll never actually know where mm -hmm. it came from. Mm -hmm. And that can be really challenging because it really does help to find the thing, work with your inner child and then, yeah. you know, be the adult after. Um, but some people can never remember and some people will never remember. And sometimes it's suppressed and will come up in the future. So for me, like I've thought of some experiences that I've had in high school. Yeah. So like my teenager that I can work with. But as a kid, I can't remember where that has been the identifier that I totally. like let be the, re the, the place that I find love, yeah. which I think a lot of people can probably identify yeah, with absolutely. and be like, that's a relief. <laughs> yeah, it is a relief. But I also, from my experience, have learned that I start with what I remember now. And if that yeah. is two weeks ago, I yeah. start with two weeks ago. And yeah. when I deal with two weeks ago, it opened me up to three months ago. Totally. And then when I deal with three months ago, it opens up to two years ago. Yeah. Because right? I know when I started my healing journey, it was just like that. I would always go back. I would be in my feelings or I'd be dealing or working through like um, my thought processes. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm thinking. When the fuck did I learn this? Like, why, why do I have this idea and understanding of life? Yeah. And then I would chase it back to a moment and I would chase it back um, maybe in high school. High school was hell on earth for me. So a lot <laughs> of my healing started in high school. Yeah. Um, and then once I got cleared in high school, not cleared, but once I started healing all those memories in high school, I was able to start going to whenever I was 
three, four, yeah. five years old. Yeah. You know, I remember like I could just feel it in my heart, like being crying in the crib, crying in the crib and then falling and hitting my nose. Um, and I could re- just feel that. And it came up like almost like a vision in my third eye. Mm. And I remember my mother not coming to me. And I remember thinking like when I'm wounded, I'm all alone. Like the yeah. people who I trust, the people who I want yeah. are supposed to protect me. They're not there. Crazy. And that has played such a big theme in my adult life. (laughs) God, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, that definitely resonates with me because I can definitely find places where, for example, the person who I was trying to please, if I did something that was my truth, they would freak out, Mm. cry, get upset. I would like work with them on it. So like something that I did essentially caused them pain and I can see definitely places in high school where that's come up, but I, I like that, like just working with it yeah. as you find it and you don't have to go all the way back to yeah. three. Cause sometimes it's really hard. It's to unsafe to go back to when you're three initially too. Yeah. Like your central nervous system is actually trying yeah. to protect you. It's playing its role. Yeah. It's doing its job. It wants to protect you because that was a great amount of pain that you went through. Yeah. Your central totally. nervous system wants to maintain the homeostasis in your life and not ever go back. It's like, why the fuck do you want to go back there and experience that pain all over again? Yeah. So you actually have to train yourself to be safe again. You actually have yeah. to train yourself. You resilient you have to train yourself to be resilient and to experience like hey I just you know my good friend Sarah Baldwin she's an amazing emotional trauma coach Mm. um and that's what she facilitates with all of her clients but she always says five percent increments just five percent increments in healing so that you can retrain yourself that you're safe at that five percent and then you can go another five percent and then next thing you know you can actually see what happened when you were three four five years old yeah that's beautiful that makes a lot of sense you posted recently, um, which I absolutely loved, <laughs> because I'll tell you what the post is. <laughs> because um, nobody knows that they're in the middle of a great story when they're in the middle of a great story. That's so true. You know, like fucking shit sucks <laughs> often yeah. when you're in the middle of a like, great this story. Is bullshit, I'm in this. Yeah, you've created. Obviously, I've looked at you from afar for a while now, and I've always been mm-hmm. so impressed um, by all the things that you've done and all the things that you continue to do, mm-hmm. and. You posted recently about when you first moved out here, yeah. you had nothing, mm-hmm. pretty much, right? What was it I think you said? Yeah, there's like all these details. It's funny. People commented and they yeah. were like, when you first told the story on YouTube, you said it was this. So I'm like, <laughs> there were details. Like I moved here and I moved here for three months and I had like 30 bucks before I moved after I paid my rent and then I made some more and then I moved across the country yeah. with like a couple hundred and then I got a waitressing job and then I was like, the fact is it. you took a yeah. big ass risk with Total. your life. Yeah. <laughs> like the details don't matter, but yeah, yes. you took a big ass yeah. risk. Um, go back to that because I know there's so many people that are trying to find the courage yeah. to take a risk in their own lives. Yeah, totally. And they just don't know where to start. Because when I look at you and like kind of my intention for the podcast is for people to really understand that like I can create my own reality. I can yeah. create the life that I want to live, but it's going to come at a cost. Yeah, I think um, I like what you said about before I get into the story, people don't know where to start. Yeah, I think a lot of us do. And I think that we don't trust ourselves to know that we're resourceful enough to like make the right decision because we're so separated from our intuition and we're so separated from that like inner knowing that we actually do really have because there have been times in our life where we've been we've learned to not trust ourselves. So that's where we should all start. (laughs) Yeah. So just like if you feel something, Mm -hmm. I can look back on those times and I'll share where I felt something and I was like, I have no fucking idea what this is going to lead to. I have no I don't know the how, but I just feel like I should and I feel 
like again it's just a feeling it's your intuition is that you should go do something and like this is a good idea and you might not know what's going to happen after likely that you have actually no idea so for me the story that you're referencing is I was in Rhode Island initially I grew up I had like a pretty decent childhood like again I can't remember too many traumatic things necessarily like like trauma doesn't have to mean something big and scary and hard it can be like you hit your nose and your mom didn't come like that's a thing that just happens Mm -hmm. and um I grew up with a pretty good family my parents got divorced when I was 12 but they didn't have a whole lot of arguments so I didn't see much of the argument to your mother and father yeah more close to my mom for sure um and then I went to nursing school nursing school felt like it made logical sense because I always liked helping people and I was pretty good at science and like those were the two qualifiers that led me to that career and then the adults were praising me for making that choice you're like, oh, great, great mm-hmm. idea, great idea, good career, super helpful. Everyone's going to always need a nurse. You'll always be safe. So I was in nursing school, and I have this one friend who was, like, the spontaneous fun friend who I would always go get drunk with on the weekends. <laughs> but, like, she would know all the people to, to go to the parties and stuff. And she was like, let's go move to uh, California for the summer. And I was a junior in college. And I was like, fuck, no, I don't have any money. Like, that's a big risk, blah, blah, blah. And she was like. We'll apply to waitressing jobs online. We'll look at places. We'll find like a place that works. And I was like, all right. And we eventually found a waitressing job that um, this guy in Venice, like a restaurant owner that's like, yeah, like we'll be hiring when you guys come here. So just like come and we'll get you a set up. And we're like, all right, (laughs) Um, sure. So we found an apartment. I paid the first month's rent for that apartment in April. We were going to move in May and I had like 30 bucks left. So I got a couple more waitressing shifts and I was like, we're going to do this. So we drove across the country. I had like just enough to pay for the shitty motels it's and a drive. the drive. Yeah, it was 3,000 miles, <clears throat> three days, um, and lots of like repeated music on the playlist, which I still have the memories of like some specific songs, which is awesome. And I got there and I just like waitressed every day for the whole summer and I had a bike. Um, I didn't have a car. My roommate had a car, but I had a bike and I slept on the couch because we had a two bedroom apartment and there was three of us. And I just like literally realized how much more available there was in the world. Mm. And from there, I was like, I have to live here. Did you come out here with the intention of staying out here? No. I was like, everybody in Rhode Island, I can't even tell you. Everyone was like, oh, you'll just come back and it's fine. (laughs) Even like when I decided that I was going to move back officially, they were like, oh, you can always come back. Oh, you can always have your nursing degree. I'm like, yeah, I have my safety blanket that everyone thinks you need. And I was like, all right. But yeah, I had no intention on officially moving. I was like, this is a trip for the summer and then I'll go back and be in my little safeties comfort zone. I was like a huge comfort zone person Mm. until I was 20. And I saved up for the rest of the year um, to officially move. I started a fitness coaching business because I was posting on Instagram. I was doing fitness competitions and a couple people were like, can you coach me? got a couple clients. I was like, this is a side thing. I'm a nurse. Like I'm studying to be a nurse. So I graduated with my nursing degree. I found a place to move when I got out here officially. I had a shadowing job at a nursing place, but like my fitness coaching business was like enough to pay my rent in California. So I was making at least three grand a month. And I was like, this is pretty good for a 21 year old just out of college. And it came unexpected too. Yeah. And I had also just started my YouTube channel. Um, Over the summer, I did a couple competitions that I did really well. People were following me. I had like 30,000 Instagram followers at that point. I got my first sponsorship with a company. So I was making commission and I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) In the meantime, I'm over here trying to study for my nursing exam. And it took California like four months to get me the papers back that said, 
you can take your test now. So I'm like twiddling my thumbs, trying to study, remembering all of the drugs that they use during pregnancy <laughs> and like which potential issues that the pregnant woman's going to have. And then like the things with the heart and, and the different systems in the body. And I was just like trying to remember everything I've ever learned all the while I'm building this awesome new life for myself. That felt great. I didn't know the pathway and I had just finished four year nursing degree. Um, so I barely studied, like it was just, my body would not let me study. It was so much resistance. And by the time I finally took the exam, I didn't pass and I had to make a decision. Do I like kill myself and re study and like go into the whole study mode again to try to take this and like potentially make it a nursing job when I already have a really good job that I made for myself. And I eventually was just like, Oh, well, let's see where this goes. And that feeling was really strong. It was like, just go all in. I read this book called The One Thing mm. and they were like, pick your one thing. And I was like, what a divine message. I'll <laughs> go with my one thing. And from there, I went all in on YouTube, all in on fitness coaching. My YouTube channel went from 6,000 subscribers to 100,000 subscribers in six months, which was insane. What does all in mean? I wasn't I wasn't trying to do nursing anymore. So okay. I was I wasn't trying to study. I was I was making a video every single day. Were you doing that intentionally or were you just like I know I need to put a video up, so I'm just going to put a video up? Or did you have like a, a a vision for that side of your business? I had no vision. No vision. Zero. Yeah. I was like it honestly just felt good. That's just so which relieving is the to hear that. Thing. Because yeah. I think a lot of people like even me, I get so stuck cuz I don't have a fucking vision. Like what's what, what is my what's the big term vision? That's fine. Totally. Who, who but knows? a lot of people I know a lot of people <laughs> I know would hear that and be like oh I, don't I think to- you can only really figure out a vision and until. until you've tried a yeah, lot of yeah. things so at this point five years later I've had a YouTube channel I haven't posted a video on it for like eight months and I have 450 videos I have a podcast I've had a membership site I've had fitness ebooks I've had fitness coaching I have done interviews I've gone to fitness expos um, I've done fitness workshops all over the country I've had business programs for beginners, business programs for mid-level people, business programs for <laughs> high-level people, business courses. I've tried a lot of shit. And now, only after having all of those experiences, mm. which have provided me the lessons, not only here's how to do this thing, but here's how I feel doing this thing. And then only from there, I can now feel like I'm getting closer to a vision. But a couple of years ago, when I was first starting, even like Two, even one year ago, I didn't have a real vision mm-hmm. and I had been doing a lot already. So I don't think like, yeah, it feels like you have to have a vision, yeah. but I don't think most it's of us excuse. can think six months ahead of time. <laughs> so much shit changes. I have a hard time remembering what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that, that that's a relief though. No, it is. And I know a lot of people uh, sit there like, what am I doing? Like, what is this all about? I don't know. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Like who really knows at the end of yeah. the day? But I think that moving towards the feeling of expansiveness Mm. of like does this make me feel expansive or does this make me feel like I'm contracting so a lot of people feel like they're contracting in their jobs and like doing something different is expansive follow that um also like does this get me more of what I want do I want more do I want to like travel and I feel like that's kind of a basic like yes like do I want to live somewhere else probably do I want to have cooler friends that are awesome and doing cool things too yeah like, just, okay, fo- follow that, like yeah. go towards that, move towards that. And I think, um, over the years, I've also met so many people and L- like living in LA, having a podcast is like a gateway to meeting awesome people. I think I so. If you want to start a podcast, it's like, honestly, I just did. Cool? I, my fourth episode was with Jedediah Jenkins. Do you know who that is? Yeah. 
and I was just sitting across from him, and I just, like, started crying. Aww. And I was like, if I started a podcast for this moment, I'm good with it. Yeah, totally. Like, I could shut this podcast down on the fourth episode, yep. and, like, yeah. I'm good. And I feel equally the same with I you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I've been able to be on Gary Vee's yeah, podcast, Andy awesome. Priscilla's, mm-hmm. um, like, just big podcasts. Like, yeah, just I've met a lot of people because you just – it's a gateway cool. to have conversations. Totally. And if you're having conversations and so is someone else, people always need guests, so it's cool. Um and after like seeing so many people, not just in the entrepreneurial space, also not just in the fitness YouTube space, which is such a bubble. Mm. So whatever you're currently doing, you're in a bubble, just mm-hmm. so you know. It feels like everyone's doing it. That's like 0% true. Um, so like the more that you get out of your bubble, I joined a couple of masterminds and I was like, oh, someone's doing this and making money this way. That's fascinating. And yeah. like this person's like a tech entrepreneur building an app, like cool I never want to do that um this person has a clothing line I don't want that it doesn't feel like me like I want to talk I want to share messages and the only reason I know that is because on YouTube my favorite videos to make were the ones that I was sitting and talking and I was like okay the visual aspect's fine but I like to talk so I Mm want to start a podcast like that's what that led to Mm. so you have to number one try things and then also see what other people are doing outside of your bubble because there's a zillion ways to get the same exact result there's a million ways to become a millionaire but the only ones that are right for you are the ones that make you feel good and expansive and i know for me there's multiple things that like making a product for example um a lot of people in the fitness and even like having a gym fitness youtube those who are really successful have a million subscribers they have a gym and they have a clothing line and i was like that okay that must be the thing that I have to do to be successful on fitness YouTube so I was like where am I gonna open the gym LA like fuck I don't want to do that I have to manage all these people and humans are gonna come see me and they're gonna know where I am every day (laughs) oh fuck my introvert is like no way and then the clothing line I was like I don't want to have to like take pictures of myself to sell things all the time like that doesn't feel good either like I don't and like that's somebody someone else's journey and someone else's path it's not wrong but it's not for me and the only reason you know that is how you feel that's so good um, oftentimes I will look at people that are, are doing awesome things with their lives and not anymore, but this definitely is something I had to work through. And I would say like, who do you think you are? That's the thought I would have, right? Yeah. Like, who do you think you are? And I, oh, I know that that's the voice of shame, right? Shame mm-hmm. says, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Or who am I to do that too? Yeah. And who do they think they are? Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would say that because in my mind, I'm thinking like, I am not yet qualified to mm-hmm. go do those things. I need to read another book. I need to join another mastermind. I need to take another course. I need yeah. to go to another conference and then I can do that. And I will look at my like resume, right? Well, I went there. I did this. I have this. I accomplished this. I did this. And I'm like, you don't have any of these qualifications, not you, but yeah. like in general, you don't have any of these You're qualifications. You're like yeah. random person that's not here in the room. <laughs> this yep. spirit with us. Um, like you don't have any of these qualifications, but yet you're living the life that I want to live. Like yeah. yet you're doing the damn thing, right? And I'm looking at that and for a long time I would say like what separates me from them, mm-hmm. you know? And I've come to the conclusion that they have learned what it looks like to choose themselves, mm. right? Where I'm waiting to be picked. Wow. Yeah. And they choose themselves. Yeah. And I think that's something that really separates the difference between those out there living their best life and Mm -hmm. just fucking just crushing it and having fun while they're doing it. Yeah. Versus the people sitting from afar being like, who do you think you are? Yeah. And still waiting. Because if you think about it, from our childhood to our adult lives, 
we are always taught that we have to do good, be good, mm-hmm. raise your hand, and wait to be picked. Yeah, yeah. We're always taught to just to wait to be picked. Mm-hmm. What does it actually look like to choose yourself? Because I know yeah. you've chosen yourself. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. Like in high school, college, in school, in order to get into the yeah. higher level classes, we have to be qualified. Yeah. In order to get on the varsity team, we have to be picked, which I never got picked, by the way. <laughs> um, I played lacrosse. I, I, no, I played soccer in middle school. I had exercise-induced asthma, did not make the team, <laughs> then tried lacrosse and sat the bench the whole time. <laughs> but that's when I went to the gym, and I like and was like, oh, fitness. I'm choosing myself in the fitness. Yeah. yeah. So that's so interesting. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree in terms of the choosing yourself thing. There's been many moments where I almost – didn't and I definitely felt disqualified mm. and like for example when I w- made the switch from being a fitness influencer whatever to a business coach I had the opportunity to build a program that was like a couple thousand dollars and I was like this is terrifying and I could easily have just waited until I had more business experience to do it mm-hmm. or felt more qualified or whatever but I felt pretty in integrity doing it and I actually got a lot of pushback. Like, and my interesting experience is that I built my audience before I built my business. So every business move I've made, especially on YouTube, um, people have had the opportunity to comment about it. So I've had to deal with a lot of criticism. Yeah. I have hate videos about me on YouTube. Yeah. Like, if you Google me, you'll find a hate video. Sure, <laughs> totally. Like, this, like, bullshit <clears throat> video about, like, Amanda's telling people how to be influencers or whatever. Yeah. And then just, like... Yeah, plenty of stuff. Um, so dealing with criticism all the time and looking mm. at comments of people like, who are you to do this? Like, you're a scam artist. You shouldn't yeah. be selling this. You are giving people advice. Like, when is this life coaching bullshit going to go away and blah, blah, blah. And for a while, it took me a really long time to um, feel okay about that inside of myself. But what I didn't do was let it stop me from doing the thing. Yeah. Which is so interesting to look back because I still, I definitely felt like really upset and I definitely wanted to hide, but I didn't. Mm. So I, I still made the program. I still sold it, still got a ton of people in, still helped them, still felt a little bit of imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. like, who am I to be doing this? But it's working. Mm-hmm. So like I was getting the feedback that it was working. Yeah. Um, and I think the interesting thing about feedback is like, you can get a ton of criticism and negative criticism and you can also get a ton of positive like good job Caleb awesome job Amanda I love you keep doing this and neither of them actually matter Mm. like there's constructive criticism that's helpful and there's like positive feedback from people saying that like you're doing a good job but really like you still have to choose yourself and feel into what's right for you regardless of what you're getting and if you're getting a ton of bad all the time maybe take a look at it um like consider the constructivity of it but at the end of the day like i started off my platform with a ton of positive feedback and everybody being like amanda you're awesome i love this blah 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 and then i got a ton of negative feedback and i still felt like i was doing i was in integrity with what i was doing and i still felt like it was the right choice for me yeah I was like, all right, these people say it's wrong. My intuition says it's right. What's true? Mm. So then that was when I really learned, like, it doesn't actually really matter what the feedback is at the end of the day. And I remember um, for a lot of the time I would ask my audience, like, why do you follow me? Like, what is it about me that you really like? Like, if you were to describe my brand, what would it be? And I, like, covered it up 
through like I was just doing market research, but I was really just like looking for validation. I was like, are you sure that like <laughs> good like you like this? Like I know that I have a hundred comments saying that you want this content, but the the couple that are saying that I'm bad are th- really throwing me off. Mm. So you really have to like feel the truth inside of you as you're making your own choices, which is challenging, but it's uh it's really powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, a lot of people want to be where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever that is, you're in your journey. I'm in my journey. Um, but it's easy to look at your life and be like, wow, I really want to be with you where you are. But I don't think people really understand the weight of being where you're at, the weight in terms of the criticism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people are going to have negative things to say. Right. And I know for me, like, I've always avoided high level success. And it's something that I'm really working through, like, because I've seen this pattern in my life where I'll reach mm-hmm. a level of success yeah. and then it'll be great and it's high, but then I self destruct. Yeah, it's like and an upper I come limit. Down. Yeah, it's at my upper limit. And I've learned that success is unsafe. It is. It's very unsafe because I remember when I was in junior high and I remember I was new to the school and I raced a kid who was the fastest kid in school and he was the most popular kid in school <laughs> and I beat him. Yeah. Oh, shit. I beat him. I beat him. And I remember looking back and thinking, like, wow, new kids here. You know, like, everybody would, like, be there for me. And everybody was pissed at me. Wow. And everybody walked off the playground. And they just left me. And I was all alone. And I remember telling myself, when I succeed, I'm all alone. Yeah. And so that has become my upper limit. Like, when I reach a level of success, I'm so afraid that I'm going Mm. to be not have that connection, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Can I just be normal? <laughs> <laughs> Can I be normal? Uh, how do you handle criticism? I say all of that because I'm saying, like, at your level, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be criticism. And I know a lot of people out there are trying to do great things, and they're going to do great things, mm-hmm. but it comes at a price. Yeah, totally. I feel like um, this is such a good conversation to have for people who might not be at the level that they want to be mm-hmm. at because as I've gone through and I'm like, I feel – very almost confused and I guess it's like my work when people say like oh my god you're at this big level and I'm like I'm just a human man like we're the same (laughs) what like I know that whatever money whatever like I don't know Mm -hmm. like followers money it to me I'm just like I am a human um but I I get it like I get that it's a thank you (laughs) I get that it's a certain um perception of Mm -hmm. success that people feel as though they want. And I do have quite a bit, like I have an awesome relationship. I have an awesome business. I have an awesome apartment, an annoying dog, but he's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Sleeping I do so peacefully. <clears throat> he looks like that now, but he's a <laughs> devil. I have, I have lots of amazing stuff that I'm so grateful for, but I think the, yeah, the unsafety of success, like I've definitely experienced quite a bit. So like not only the criticism, I think I've worked through a lot of that. There's, there's so much to work through there. And I think, self-worth and worthiness Mm -hmm. and really getting to a place of knowing my inherent worth and knowing that success does come with this and knowing and actually also seeing the wounds of the people who are doing the criticizing Mm. and being able to see that they're just a wounded human like I I think that those who murder are wounded people and like doesn't make anything okay no doesn't make anything like totally justified by any means but like everyone who like school shooters like very wounded. So such wounded. Yeah. It's just um, you have to have so much compassion. Yeah. So whenever someone projects onto me, like now I view, like someone commented on my post the other day, 
And speaking of the nursing thing, whenever I tell that story, I'm like, I went from nursing to internet entrepreneur. And some girl was like, you never were a nurse. You didn't even pass your exam. <laughs> so, like, I get that every time. I'm like, oh, yeah. what a projection. Like, I, yeah. I see that there's some stuff. It takes so much maturity. So good for you. <laughs> I mean, I've had so yeah. much of it. Yeah. So I've had to work through it over totally. time. But that's, like, one thing. And then there's also the amount of pressure. So like at this point in my business, something that I've been dealing with in 2019 and 2018 is the pressure to create and the pressure to deliver results Mm. because I now have a team and we have a certain amount of expenses every month that they need to get paid. So if I don't generate and we don't generate and we don't create what we need to create, I have like a minimum amount now. So it's not like if I make zero, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. It's like if we don't make like... 30 50 grand whatever mm-hmm. we can't pay everyone on our team yeah like that's that's a lot of pressure yeah. like so i'm constantly um and like I, we're we're constantly working through this as a team we're building systems we're you know we're like working on it so don't worry about me i'm good but that's <laughs> that's another added um totally. like new level new devil my friend ashley mm-hmm. says where um there's like pressure there's criticism that you have to deal with there are new ways that you relate to things so you have your own upper limits with money mm-hmm. um you have your own relationship with money at a certain level so whatever it is at your current level it will get even bigger when you're at multiple six figures seven figures mm-hmm. um so like that experience where i was overgiving, like i was overgiving of my finances to that one person yeah. and i had to move through that to like really get clear um but again i think that the the new levels that you go through in order to even get to the next level, you have to work through the shit at the level that you're at. Yeah. So it's not that there's not new things at new levels, but because I've I've had so many levels, I've had to work through things at each rung of the ladder so I can better handle the things at the new level, essentially. Um, but yeah, I really hear that, that it can that it can feel unsafe. And I think that the one thing I wanted to add to that is that support and friendships so at good. the level that you're at are so necessary. Um, cause it can be really lonely. And mm-hmm. I think that I'm so blessed to like have attracted such an awesome group of entrepreneur friends that get what I'm going through that have been through it. Um, that are also like human down to earth. They get it. They understand it. And being able to find a community of people that just get you because that's a basic human need. Yeah. And if you don't have that at any level, really yeah. it's challenging and your environment changes everything. Like the people that you're with, will affect the way that you think will even act. So being around people is, is so important, which is why I've invested so much into into masterminds and moving across the country and, you know, living in L.A. And it's not to say that where you live, you can't find that. You, you can find it on the Internet. But um, and you can like we have the opportunity to meet people online now. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. So I think that finding groups and support is so necessary. Mm-hmm. It's so necessary. <clears throat> I say this. um, I'm very mindful with the, I just started my podcast, but I'm very mindful and I want to continue to be mindful on who comes on. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but, and so I usually always say this with every guest, but I sincerely mean it that I know that you didn't get where you are today without dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of lonely nights, a lot of tears, a lot of dark <laughs> nights. Um, mm-hmm. but I honestly just want to honor you and I want to say thank you for continuing to show up every single day and continue yeah. to lean into what you would call your truth because what you're doing for so many people and how you are helping so many people is truly special and it's really remarkable um, to witness your journey. So I just want to honor you with that and say that and sincerely say thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, Bless thank you, you so much. Thanks, guys. <laughs>